everyone. Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, episodes drop every Wednesday morning. And I'm Helen, I'm an empowerment coach, behavior change specialist, meditation teacher, lots of things. I'm so happy that you're here. Hope you guys made it through that eclipse portal and Mercury retrograde, which I think we're still in, um, alive. (laughs) It was really intense. I just got off a few coaching calls today with my clients and everyone was like, oh my God, this was one of the most intense weeks of my life. But also not just intense, people are just going through major up-leveling, quantum leaps, big shifts. So if you're feeling like you're going through this as well, please send me a DM. Let me know what's going on. I always love to check in with you guys and figure out how you're feeling because you know you're not in it alone. You know, it's really comforting actually to know that uh, the chaos (laughs) is making its way through all areas. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of beauty in that chaos as well, because when we're uncomfortable, when we're going through these shifts, it just simply means that we're growing and that is almost never comfortable. So I keep thinking of the death card in the tarot deck, which, you know, is really not a scary card. It just means we're shedding a layer. We're stepping into a new skin. And when I think about those kind of quantum leaps and those big shifts, it often happens where we're just kind of presented with a big opportunity or an inevitable change that we might not feel like we're ready for, but if it's in our life, we are able to handle it. It wouldn't be here if we weren't. Uh, So everything is coming through as a beautiful lesson for us. And, you know, we just got to trust the process. Isn't this a huge lesson in surrendering? And also like looking back on your life, I mean, even looking back on the last year, look how far you've come and just acknowledge that for a moment. Just look how far you've already come. It's absolutely amazing. So when these you know, valleys happen, we know that there's another peak around the corner. And when we do look back in hindsight, these valleys don't feel so, so low. And we're actually able to be really grateful for some of these big shifts that are happening. So if you are just going through kind of big moments, like I'm mentioning right now, just know that you're not alone. I see you, I feel you big time. And hopefully you're moving through it with a gentleness with yourself, as much love and grace as possible right now. And really making time to take time for yourself and make time for yourself. So if that means clearing your schedule a little bit more so that you have more ease and flow in your day, awesome. If it means getting up a little bit earlier to go on a nature walk, awesome. Making sure we're drinking enough water, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so on that note, let's shift into today's episode. We have another beautiful, wise guest here. We have Keisha Frazier with us. She and I are talking all about the Akashic Records, activating wealth codes, and tapping into your intuition. I found her on TikTok probably six months ago, and immediately, like, she just really resonated with me. She does these beautiful, channeled Akashic Records readings for people, and there's something just so pure and honest about her energy, and every time I come across one of her videos, she hits me at the exact right moment. And I think this will come through as you listen to her speak. She's just awesome. So I'll tell you a little bit more about her. She is a liberation guide with a resume that includes certifications in breath work, hypnotherapy, success coaching, NLP, and so much more. And she pairs her relationship with spirit and the Akasha, tapping into the Akasha with helping women to rediscover their own sense of wealth, abundance, and security. She says, I want to help others discover that they don't need external validation and to guide them to find the answers they need need within themselves. So enjoy this episode. Thank you again for being here. If you feel like a buddy might benefit from this information and this conversation while you're listening, please do send it along, sending you so much love. And I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question I love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Mm, Yes, absolutely. I love waking up. Actually, recently I've been drinking cacao every morning. Um, I'm in this ceremonial training to to learn how to lead cacao ceremonies. And so I've really been working with the spirit of cacao. And so that has been such an incredible shifting um, process for me every single morning. 
And in addition to that, I always pull some cards. So it's usually tarot and maybe a couple Oracle decks mixed in. And, um, and then after that, it kind of depends on how I'm feeling, but it can flow into meditation or sometimes breath work and tapping. It's, it's long. <laughs> I remember one time I told my brother I was preparing for something and I was like, I had to get up at 4 a.m. And he was like, what time did it start? And I was like, 10. <laughs> and he was like, so you needed six hours? And I was like, yeah. yeah, I didn't take all of that time for the routine, but yes, I need, a, I need spaciousness. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, I'm curious to know about how you like to make your cacao and what that ceremony looks like for you, because I have some. I'm just like, what's the best way to make this and use it? Ooh, yeah. Uh, this is not going to be the most exciting answer. I, I've had cacao that's been like blended and she used dates and all these ingredients and honey. And honestly, I have just been, it comes in little discs, at least the kind that I have. So I'll warm up a little bit of almond milk and then I'll put the cacao in and it will kind of melt the cacao. And then I'll also warm up some water and I'll pour that on top and I just whisk it together, honestly. And I just, I love the, the pureness of tasting this particular cacao in, um, in particular. Yeah. And what does it make you feel like? It's like kind of a heart opener, right? Or what, what do you experience when you drink it? Yeah. So it's actually, I just learned last week, a, a vasodilator, vasodilator. So it is a heart opener. Yes. And, and literally biologically with your body as well. Um, but when I am drinking cacao, it really does remind me to stay in my heart center and it opens my heart and it softens my heart. And there have been so many times since I've been doing this practice every morning where I can literally catch myself wanting to close down or close off or be hard and like protected. And I can, I can feel the spirit of cacao saying, what if you just softened instead? What if, what if you kept your heart open instead? What would that look like? And so that's, that's been really powerful. Oh, I love that. Especially I'm kind of coming off of a caffeine kick right now. And I'm like, maybe there's a better way <laughs> to start my day. So maybe yes. like a nice shift to start working in at least. Yeah, it would be a good transition. Absolutely. And then about your Oracle and your tarot card pulls, like how do you like to approach uh, pulling cards? What is that like? It usually in the morning, it's just like, what do I need to hear? Um, for tarot specifically, there is a spread that I have been liking. I found it in a Google search, so I can't take credit for it, but it is, what is the theme of the day? That's the first card. The second card is what's hidden. So kind of like subconscious, maybe I'm not fully seeing. And then the third card is just advice. So I do usually do that spread every single day. And then for the Oracle cards, that's where I'm just like, okay, tell me what I need to know. And sometimes I'll ask a question if there is a question brewing, but usually it's just lay it on me, guides, angels, whoever is coming through. Um, yeah. And I let it be very open and, and I find because I do pull from a couple of different decks that I will pull out a theme. So maybe mm -hmm. in each deck, from each deck there'll be a message about sharing my voice. And so I realized, okay, I should probably figure out what that looks like for me today, because it's definitely something that's wanting to be focused on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love Oracle and Tarot as well. And I find that even like when I'm pulling with groups or something, that same card or the same couple cards will come out over and over again for like a month's period. So it's just, it's a beautiful way to like bring some magic in and some deepening into your practice. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Magic for sure. I love that. Mm -hmm. So I will have given a little bit of an introduction about who you are and what you're up to, but I would love to hear about your journey into like where you are today. Like, how did you start cultivating your intuitive gifts? What led you to this path? Essentially, you can kind of start from anywhere that feels right for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like with most of us on a spiritual path, it's really been a lifelong journey. I would say though, like a lot of people as well, in the last two years, it has accelerated. Um, so my whole life, I've always been an intuitive quote unquote person. I've always had feelings and I've always kind of listened to them. Not always, but I've been more inclined to listen to them. And I, I grew up great. I was raised Christian, but I, I knew it never resonated with me. 
Um, but there was something, there was something out there. So for a long time, I called myself spiritual, but not religious. And I didn't really know what it meant to be spiritual. I just knew I was, I knew I believed in something, but I wasn't religious. And then uh, right around the pandemic starting uh, two years ago, I was laid off from my job. The year before I had left a two and a half year relationship where we, we had been living together. And so, you know, that typical things are starting to fall out of your life that you are used to being there, but maybe didn't really love or weren't really aligned with your truth. And so when those parts started to fall away, it was like, okay, what, what am I doing? Where am I? What's going on? And, um, I started to get even more curious about spirituality and, you know, people talking about vibration and how to manifest. And initially it was to build my business. I was like, okay, well, this manifestation thing, I got to learn everything I can about that. And then it shifted into realizing that it's so much more than being able to manifest. It is really a journey to self. And so that's the journey I've been on for the last two years of really who, who am I not and who am I actually? Mm. Was there a, a shift in perspective that you remember like sticking out to you? Like at one point you were like, oh, okay, this is clicking. This is where you got really curious. Was it maybe like a book that you read or a teacher you came across or an experience that you had? Like what started to light that up for you? That curiosity, that knowing? Yeah. Yeah, I would say it was two distinct things that I can remember. The first was reading The Untethered Soul. Have you read that book? Yes. Yes. I love yes. it. Mm -hmm. I loved I loved it. And it was just like when I read it, something just it was a big click, a big shift in me like, oh, this voice isn't me. <laughs> like as simple as that because I'm a very anxious, I'm a very mental person. Um and so so yeah, when I read that, I was like, whoa, there's, I need more. I need to know more about this. So that was the first thing. And then I had a friend send me some kind of YouTube, a YouTube video about, honestly, <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't love admitting this, but it was about conspiracy theories. I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but just the idea of we don't know the whole truth was what was really like, oh. I don't know if this is true, but I don't know if that is true either. So what is the truth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think we can all relate to going down one kind of rabbit hole or the other, but like, I'd love what you just said, because it is, it's a questioning of all these old paradigms, paradigms that just exist throughout life in general, like, and just questioning you know, what we've been told and, and what we really want to believe, what feels better. Um, and that can often have a yin and the yang to it. So we can go down some pretty intense holes, but like the, the, the truth seems to be that we really don't know like the whole truth of anything often. So we kind of are creating that, um, with choices every day. Essentially. Yeah, we don't, there's a lot we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So did you start to, so I love, like, if people are listening to this, they might be familiar with your TikTok and everything as well, but I love that you channel these kind of guided intuitive messages. Did those, have you ever had, like, have you always had that experience of feeling like spirit is kind of speaking through you and to you and getting these hints, or was there a point where you really started to activate this? There was definitely, as far as the visuals and like the clairvoyance, there was definitely a point where I started to activate that. However, you know, I was intuitive and the first actual message that I can remember coming through was in 2013 when I was making a shift from the corporate world into health and fitness at the time. And I remember meditating in my apartment and just like asking, what am I doing? What should I do? I don't know what to do. And, and something just hit me. It was like a knowing there might've been a voice, uh, but there was definitely a feeling and a knowing. And it was like, leave, go make this change. And it was so clear. So that was the first time I really experienced something coming through. But as far as how I channel now, um, that started two years ago when I took, I was in a program to learn how to read the Akashic records. 
And um, I just fell in love with the process. I fell in love with learning how I receive messages because everybody's different and um, really cultivating what my particular gift was turned into something that I really enjoyed. So amazing. And so what is your understanding of the Akashic Records for people who aren't really familiar with this concept? Yeah, so the Akashic Records, it is uh, rooted in the the Sanskrit word Akasha, which is ether, right? So it is everything that has ever happened, existed. It's like, I call it the library of, I I used to say the library of your soul, but as I've learned more, it's really the library of everything that has ever existed. You could say the universe, I guess. And so when we access the Akashic Records, it's a shift in dimension. So you can do this in a number of different ways. I've learned And most people tend to do it through a prayer, through a prayer that allows you to shift into that dimension. And then as your consciousness shifts, you're able to communicate with the the beings who who are basically helping you find the information that you need within the records because there's everything that's ever existed. And so they help you to understand what it is that you need to know in that moment. What does a prayer look like for you when you are accessing the records? Like what do you invoke or what do you say or ask for? So there are, there's the pathway process prayer by Linda Howe, which I know is a popular uh, Akashic records teacher. That's not personally the one that I use. I use the one from my teacher uh, who is named Patricia Masakian in case anyone wants to check her out. But essentially the components of the prayer are, I'm like trying to think back to it. Give me a second here. (laughs) So we call in the elements in this particular prayer from Patricia. We call in the elements. We ask for permission. We state the person's full name, full legal name three times throughout the prayer. And in this prayer, we also state that we are here for the highest good and we are here for the healing and the helping of everyone, you know, everyone in the world, including this person. So it's a lot of stating the intentions and asking for permission that has to happen. Beautiful. Oh yeah. That brings a lot of clarity. In. And then am I right to remember that you also have studied Reiki and, and energy healing in that way? Like what did that enlighten in you and, and bring to awareness for you? Yeah. Um, so Reiki is something that has really allowed me to keep myself in a, I guess, keep myself in a higher vibration for lack of a better way to, to state it. I really love going to Reiki to shift myself into that higher vibrational state. There is a lot of healing that can happen with Reiki energetically, there is also a lot of healing that needs to be done outside of Reiki as well. So I've, I've really come to rely on Reiki for that, that pick me up and that calming and soothing of my own energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's so true. Um, I have a family member who is just going through this intense grief cycle right now. And she was saying, you know, my body has been going through tremors and there's this amazing woman who I studied with, uh, for Reiki as well in our hometown. And so she went to see her and she said, you know, she goes to her every month to kind of like relieve these tremors. And it literally just like seems to calm the whole nervous system in a really beautiful and very, uh, very physical way for people, which is, which Mm -hmm. is really special. So yeah. And do you do it on yourself as well? I find that that can be (laughs) really helpful as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. It's like, you don't need any tools. So wherever I am, I can always Reiki myself whenever I need it. Yeah. And I remember one of the things learning too, was like, we're always we're constantly like giving Reiki to ourselves without sometimes even knowing it. Like if we fall and we hurt our knee or something, we'll place our hands on our knee or if our heart hurts, we place our hands on our heart or, you know, we naturally kind of touch ourselves intuitively to align and relieve emotional pain or transmute that frequency. So yeah, I'm always curious about people's journey through that. Amazing. So when you decided to start kind of showing up online and expressing your gifts more openly, like how did you, you know, was there any kind of imposter syndrome there? How did you build the confidence to start showing up really authentically like this and just sharing your gifts? Of course there was imposter syndrome. (laughs) Um, But for me, when I started sharing online was about three years ago when I started my business. And at that time, doing the mental math, 
I had been teaching Orange Theory and, and also I was a, a corporate trainer for Orange Theory. So I was leading these trainings. I had, a, I had a good amount of public speaking experience or being in front of people. So it was, it was kind of easy from that regard. But what has been difficult is the, the belief in my worth in, in selling things, right? That's where it took it to another level. So the speaking hasn't been challenging, but the, okay, now I'm putting this program out into the public and are people going to receive it? And is it going to be any good? And so that's where all of the imposter syndrome came in. Amazing. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. I've just hired a business coach, Tay, who has been on the podcast uh, recently too, but it's been like so amazing to be surrounded by people who are like, oh yeah, no, this is natural. You can sell. It's okay to, um, you know, exchange value for, you know, monetary compensation and everything. So it's like a huge mental shift. But what was that process like for you when you were really starting this as a business and, and shifting through those, you know, little peaks and valleys of starting a business? Yeah. Yeah. It's such a huge mental shift and I'm grateful for having started a business to even have experienced that. Um, for me, it was like, as soon as I realized that it was an issue, it was holding me back. I threw everything, every piece of me, almost every dollar I made into figuring it out. And that's really what deepened a lot of what deepened the spiritual journey for me as well as like, I knew that there was something, mindset, energy, emotionally, there was something there that I wasn't seeing that was holding me back. And so, yeah, it's just been this, this journey of, okay, I learned about, I think I started with mindset, which mm -hmm. as a lot of people do, and neuro-linguistic programming. And then from there, I started to get more into energy and then emotional healing. And it's just, it's been such a nice stepladder of deepening this journey for me. And it's not over by any means. There's always a deeper layer, but I'm starting to be accepting of the journey and the fact that it's not over and the fact that it can be hard and just all of the, the facets of it. So... All right, popping in for a second to chat with you about my one-on-one -on -one mentorship series. So this is a private mentorship program with me for seven weeks. We meet once a week, one-on-one -on -one, for an hour. And this is really a program designed to help you embody your highest self and make that quantum leap to overcome any self-limiting beliefs, any stories that you no longer wish to hold on to, and really uncover those stories that might even be hidden in your subconscious, really bringing those to the surface, alchemizing and releasing that, and giving you the tools to step forward into your beautiful quantum leap, your growth, and your new, most authentic self that's rooted in freedom, peace, prosperity and happiness and really helping you to know that that life is possible for you and we're going to bring it to life. So I'm using tools like EFT, emotional freedom technique, guided visualization meditation, subconscious healing, journaling and transformational workbook prompts, and so much more. So if you're interested and want to know more, you can book a free clarity call with me. Link is in the description below and it's also on my website, helendenham.com mentorship. Okay, my friends, back to the episode. Thanks so much for listening. That's where I'm at with that. <laughs> and, totally. And what do you think that initial self-limiting belief was that you were breaking through? Yeah, for me, it, it's, it all comes back to worthiness. That's, mm -hmm. that's my biggest wound in this lifetime is, am I enough? Am I good enough? And honestly, it, it was initially and still is a lot about finding that love for my parents, getting that love for my parents and growing up for me, that came from my achievements. So it was, I had to really detach what I was doing and what I was producing from my own self-worth. And that was a really hard thing to let go of for me. Oh my God. hundred percent. I could, I was just having this conversation with a really sweet neighbor that I have. He's like an elder to me. And um, we were talking about this exact same theme the other night of just, you know, I base a lot of my worth on my productivity and a lot of my confidence comes from that. And like, perhaps even an edge of competition to say like, I can do this will push me to produce. And he said, you know, what if you just produce from a place of joy? Do you think that would feel better? And I was like, yeah. And I think I would actually probably produce better work and, and more of it. Like, you know, so that's just such a beautiful shift to experience is really like understanding like our childhood patterning and programming. Totally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what was it like when you first started to get clients for your, were you first starting to offer readings? Was that your first part of your business as you were building here? My business started with health coaching. Mm -hmm. I, I was in fitness at the time still. And so I was, yeah, I was creating basically macronutrient plans, workout plans, helping people with their mindset as far as getting fit and, and getting, being healthier was concerned. And so that's how it started. And then as I realized, okay, I want to, I want to succeed at this business, what's holding me back. Then I dove into my own personal development and it all spiraled from there in a good way. Totally. So it was like kind of a natural progression into entering this world. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear too more about your process and when you're channeling. So it seems like you get really clear, like images that pop out for you. Like what are some of the images that you get and what do they like mean to you? Hmm, yeah. I get, I see the soccer ball a lot. The soccer ball for me represents this energy of chasing. I should say that every symbol has a light, just like everything has a light and a dark side, right? A light and a shadow side. So the, the light side of the soccer ball would be someone who's driven and who focuses on their goals, but not in a shadow way. The shadow side would be someone who's overly attached and they only can chase the goal, right? So that's one that I see a lot, mostly because I have that energy a lot and have to work on that. Um, I see the lion a lot. The lion is, you know, what we think of as Leo energy. So courage and bravery and hear me roar and, and that kind of energetic imprint. I also see the crown a lot, which represents worthiness and can also represent leadership. It's this energy of royalty, but not from a, I'm higher than you kind of standpoint, that would be the shadow side, but it's usually when I see it, it's more when people need to cultivate that I'm worthy of sharing my views, sharing my perspective, and maybe leading people being the first to do something. Mm -hmm. And what do you find that most people are struggling with when they come to you? Are they like trying to find their purpose? Are they struggling with unhappiness or like, what do people usually come to you for? It's usually, I mean, I would say the number one thing is for my readings, it tends to be, I just need clarity. I just want to know, am I on the right track? What am I doing? Right. Those same questions that I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. So that tends to be the number one thing that I hear from people in readings. As far as the other programs and things that I offer, that would be more so people who are overly attached and want to learn how to let go and how to surrender and how to be at peace with everything as it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, so that they can be more magnetic, but more so so they can just be free. Mm -hmm. What makes you feel like like that you can trust the universe and feel like stable and, and okay? Like what is your perception of kind of your soul's journey here? My souls, are you familiar with astrology? A little bit. A little bit? Not a lot. <laughs> okay, no worries. <laughs> I won't go too deep. But um, oh, there's an aspect in astrology called the North Node, which is about what your soul wanted to journey toward, essentially. And so mm. for mine, my North Node is all about trust. It's all about letting go and surrender. And so that's what I really came here to learn. And so for me, it's it comes from mostly finding my own center inside. I know we hear that all the time. And honestly, I've heard it all the time, but you know that there's this moment when you've heard something and you, you understand it consciously, but then there's another moment where you hear it and you understand it like at a soul level. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've gotten to that point where I'm like, okay, okay, it really all is inside, you know? And, um, and so that just can show up through meditation for me, through breath work, through all of the practices that I've kind of touched on. It is always something that is going to bring me back to myself. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I'd love to hear too, are there any other practices that you like to work into your daily life or just in general that have been really uplifting you and helping you to feel better in every way? Breathwork, hands down. Breathwork is 
has changed my life. I know I'm not the only one to say this. And if anyone listening is new to the concept of breath work, I, I always like to just explain, I don't just mean mindfulness breath work where they say, okay, just take a couple deep breaths, which is great. Don't get me wrong. Totally. Great to breathe no matter what. But when I say breath work, I'm talking about deep, deep breath work, maybe 15, 20 minutes or longer, where you're consistently taking those deep breaths. And what it will do is it will shift your perception. It will shift your state of consciousness. It's, it's almost like being on um, a plant medicine journey without the plant medicine. hundred percent. Yeah, it is like that. So it is a game changer. Amazing. I've only really done a few intense breathwork sessions when I was working with Inscape in New York City. And I explained it the exact same way. It feels like we would literally have to kind of give people a disclaimer, like as they came in, you're going to have an experience that could change your life potentially, because it seems to be that there's something about the oxygen hitting our cells like that, that release like trauma that's held in the DNA and the cells, like all, it's really a trip. It's just amazing what our body is naturally capable of. But yeah, yeah. I, I think what you're saying too, is like, it is intensive. Like it's not this five minute, like breathing and meditation, which is beautiful. It's like, it's deep belly breathing. It can be very emotional, like huge release happens. Like what is it unlocked for you as you practice? Oh man, so much, so, so much. Um, a lot of, you know, when I first was discovering this attachment to achievement that that kind of initial discovery came through breath work uh a lot of just realizing the illusions realizing when i've been caught in an illusion and just it's like at least for me when i'm in a breathwork practice it can just be this snap moment where everything shifts and everything becomes clear and because of that i usually am in tears because i'm like of course that's not true. How could I have believed that for so long? And it's just this whole revelation mm. moment that has happened more times than I can count, which is why I'm like, I couldn't even tell you all of the things that I've let go of. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the comparison to plant medicine because it's kind of the same thing. Like it's hard to explain. It's just this inner knowing and this understanding that comes about and you just feel like you come out kind of different and evolved in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Is, is there anything that you're reading or you're watching that you're really curious about? Like what's been inspiring you recently? I just started listening to Conversations with God. I forget mm -hmm. the author's name, Neil something, Hirsch, but it is it has been really, really good. I just, I love to read or listen to things that remind me of what it's all about. Because as I'm sure you can relate and many people listening, we can tend to get caught up in the nitty gritty of our day-to-day -day lives, caught up in the illusion, caught up in our pain, suffering very easily. It can draw you back in. And so whenever I'm listening to something like this book, for example, it's just, it's all about this man who basically automatic wrote his conversation with God and mm -hmm. It's God's perspective on what we are doing here, why we're here, why we suffer. It's beautiful and, and it helps me to stay centered. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to check that out at the library. I just joined the yes. library, which has been a great thing. I was like, why haven't I been a part of a library sooner? I need to do to that. Up, yeah. Right? It's yeah. just great. Um, so I'm also curious too about your transition, like from a holistic perspective to like working with the physical body, working with nutrition, and then now working with energy. Like how does that all tie together holistically? It's all an interweaving web, I guess you could say. Um, I personally feel like, I mean, nutrition and, and exercise is very important. I personally feel like our emotional and our energetic and our mental well-being would supersede that. And, and maybe that's a controversial thing to say, but that's, that's where I'm at with it. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm not, not saying that you should just eat whatever you want and not exercise and just work on your energy. But I do think that if you focused on working on your energy first and your emotions and your mindset, the nutrition and the exercise would probably work themselves out along the way, you know, because as you're healing, 
you know, maybe you're healing this emotional part of you that wants to overeat or that is addicted to sugar. Um, and as you're healing, maybe you're learning that it feels good to move your body and to come back to your body. And you want to explore ways that you can do that, that fit into your spiritual practice. I just, I feel, especially coming from that world, I feel like it can be very focused on how you look and, Mm -hmm. and people kind of get caught up in that aspect of health and fitness, where if we looked at it from a spiritual perspective, it can tie and fit very much into the ways that we connect back to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're so on point there. And I think from personal experience too, I noticed that my physical, my appearance, all of my physical manifestations are totally reflections of where I'm at emotionally and spiritually. So, I mean, I always think about like when I am stressed, I go to sugar, like which I'm working on rewiring right now and replacing that stress response. I've had moments I've talked about before where I've lost a big patch of hair out of just extreme distress. And it was like, as soon as I recovered from that, the hair started to grow back. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, and crown chakra connection to spirit, like it was, it was very much tied into all of that. So I feel like we can kind of place where our physical ailments are reflecting blocks in our energy field and move through that. Same with like gaining weight. If I gain like 10, 10, five pounds here and there, it's usually when I'm not feeling safe and I'm putting a protective layer like mm-hmm. over my body. So it's just interesting to kind of make those parallels because we, we just become more aware of our, our nature and our habits. So yeah, 100%. I don't know if you see the same thing in your clients or yourself, but yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I have people who ask me about, you know, weird illnesses or pains that they're experiencing or addictive habits and there's always a spiritual answer. There's always a emotional answer. Yeah. Um, Louise Hay and Dolores Cannon, I've been paying such close attention to, and they both have like amazing lists of like each physical ailment and what it's connected to energetically, which, you know, as I'm looking back through my family history or through my friends and family, just people, I'm like, this is just so freaking accurate. So <laughs> it's also very empowering. Like it's not, I think it's like completely almost takes away like any shame or blame and just be like, oh, this is actually very empowering to know. And here's how we can deepen our healing as we know these things. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So you can take your power back 100%. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I'm curious too about how you were raised as well. You said you, did you say you grew up like kind of in a Christian family, but weren't really religious? Like what is, mm-hmm. what is that kind of tied into for you? Yeah. So I would say my mom is pretty religious, not a, Bi- <laughs> a Bible thumper. <laughs> Sorry if anyone's offended by that term, yeah. but, um, but yeah, we went to church maybe not every Sunday, but we went to church. I'll put it that way. My dad not super even sure of how he feels about religion, but he always appeased my mom. And so, um, so yeah, that's what it looked like. But I remember I would go to Sunday school. Sometimes she would put me in Sunday school and we would go to church events and I just was like, I'm not feeling this. (laughs) I know a lot of kids aren't just because they're kids, but for me, it was just something was off. And, and the one instance that I remember specifically was, I think I was maybe 15 or 16. My mom wanted me to get baptized because I had never been baptized. So we went to the church, they were doing a like group baptism and it was, I, I agreed and it was my turn to go up. And so I stood up and started walking and there was a woman who was going to walk me over and I just started crying, just bawling out of nowhere. And she just was like, okay, why don't you go sit back down? And so I didn't end up getting baptized that day, but I look back on that moment and I'm like, my soul just knew that this did not align with me, with my deepest truth. It just knew in that moment. And um, so that's kind of been my history. I still, I still honestly will occasionally watch like a Christian speaker or something because there are a lot of every religion, every spiritual tradition, there are a lot of truths there there's a lot of fear in some, but there's also truths as well. So I'm open for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I almost feel, do you get the same sense that we're kind of shifting out of this, these, all these religious doctrines, like the more people I talk to, it's like this generation is kind of just like taking a step away from that and just expanding that into just a larger truth. Yeah. And I love what you said too. There is so much truth in there, but I think it's like the fear-based aspect of any kind of idea that we're bad or wrong or that we're going to hell or any of that is just like 
feel like we're reaching this understanding of like, that is not what's going to happen here. Like we're going to exactly. be okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful to see that everybody is kind of, what else is there? It has that curiosity. Mm-hmm. What is your perception of like source energy? I guess I know that's a big question, but as you study the Akasha and as you study energy healing, like how do you perceive consciousness and higher source energy for yourself? Yeah. You know, I, was just thinking about this earlier, um, but my answer to that would be, so so source, God, universe, I'm cool with all of the names. I will say God in this, mm-hmm. but God energy to me, it is, it is the all that is. It is everything, all encompassing, like this microphone, you, me, the car that's driving by right now, like everything is God, okay? And then I kind of liken it to, now we imagine all that is, is a puzzle. And so then the puzzle pieces are all of us, all of these individual pieces are parts of all that is. And the reason what I've come to believe is that from a lot of teachers, a lot of things that I've read and experienced is that God was all that is. And so God was like, Hey, I, what, what do we do now? <laughs> like I'm everything. Mm-hmm. So what kind of bored? let's do something, you know, not that that's the exact conversation, but God wanted to know itself. Yeah. And so created all these puzzle pieces. And then we have our own experiences and our own processes of knowing and coming back to remembering that we are God ourselves as well. Mm, I love that so much. I have, I think, a very similar perspective to that. I was just watching Obama's new series, um, Our Great National Parks. And I just had this moment watching it last night where I was like, isn't it amazing that nature never repeats itself? Like every single animal has this unique imprint, this unique code. And it just reminded me of the same thinking of just God's source energy is getting to know itself through each of our individual experiences. And then mm-hmm. kind of thinking as, of the earth too, as like its own cosmic body and all of us as like little cells in there and zooming out and just recognizing like how tiny we are, but how magnificent and huge we are. And I mm-hmm. think that's a lot of what we experience on plant medicine too. If anybody's Try that. It's like totally oh, the zoom out and the zoom in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what are you looking forward to? Like, what are your you know kind of ambitions for yourself? I guess in this energy work, and are you excited about growing into new realms here, or like what's exciting you right now? That is such a great question. I am gonna say I don't know. I actually <laughs> don't know. And if you'd asked me that any other year of my life, except for this one, I would have told you, I would have had a plan. I'm a planner. I'm an achiever. Like it would have all been, I would have had an idea, but since I have been releasing all of these parts of me that thought they needed to achieve, it's like, I'm emptying out. And I know the next step is now to figure out, okay, who am I? Mm -hmm. This, this was who I was not. And now who am I? So I guess that, I guess figuring out who I am and, and how that translates into my larger mission. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm excited about. Oh, I love that. It's like a reframe of not a a sense of like chasing, but just open and ready to receive and like that you're very much where you need to be anyways. So that's Mm -hmm. really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Um, I was also going to ask you too about like, have you had any experiences with your past lives or like what, what is your perception of the timelines and parallel universes and past lives as you go through the Akasha and, and your channeling? Like what's your perception yeah. of that? Yeah. So for me, um, past lives have started to come up personally more recently. A lot of it for me in the beginning was child, early childhood healing, but I've had clients who've been the opposite, who did a lot of past life healing. And then it was time they were getting messages to transition to healing this life. So again, I don't, (laughs) past lives is always something that I've struggled to wrap my head around just because you know, I really do believe that the only moment we have is now. The only time we have is now. There is no past. There is no future because it's all happening in the now. And so if that is true, are we experiencing all of our past lives in the now? Are they just alternate lifetimes or alternate dimensions? So that's where I'm, I'm still kind of mulling through that clearly, yeah. but that's kind of where I'm at is what if our soul is 
living in all of these different bodies simultaneously and Mm -hmm. they are still affecting our soul's frequency but what if it's not the past totally it's like yeah once we collapse the time space continuum it's almost like a stack and we can kind of like place our awareness in one of these like imprints or something yeah it's so interesting yeah we were talking about this Nadia and I who was on the podcast recently too yeah of like stacking time and and yeah just the word time though it's like I wish there was another word for it because it puts us into this like weird tricky space it's like mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on exactly it's <laughs> like if I think about it too hard then I'll just confuse myself so <laughs> yeah 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 oh yeah I'm always curious though if anybody have you ever had like a past life regression reading or anything that popped out for you from like where you were what you were doing or th- anything that interests you Yeah. Yeah. I definitely have. One time I had a dream, um, that was pretty, uh, terrifying. So I went into meditation and, and the indication I got was that it was from a past life. It was a scene of a past life and it explained some of the fears that I had that were kind of unexplained in this life. So, um, yes. And then past life regressions and things I've done. And Mm -hmm. it's always, here's another (laughs) rabbit hole kind of thought is, are they, this is, an, yeah, this is another way to look at it. Are they past lives that we have lived or is it a metaphor that our subconscious is using to teach us something about ourselves? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this could go. Anyway, I love that too. It's like yeah. the, the questioning. You know what is so cool though? Like just the fact that we can have these thoughts and these questions and these conversations, which I think goes back to that original point of like source getting to know itself through our yeah. experience because we keep unraveling, we keep questioning and we keep like kind of, I don't even want to call it ascending because it feels like hierarchical to say that, but just expanding and knowing ourselves more deeply. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Back to like business talk with you too, because I I love knowing about how you built your business too. Like, do you have any advice for people just activating those codes of prosperity, like stepping into more of a wealth mindset and abundance mindset in that way? Like, is there any advice that you've had, like getting to know yourself as a businesswoman that you could help us work through? Mm, Yeah. For me, it is all about just focus on your healing and Honestly, that's not just for me. That goes to all of the readings that I've done when people ask this question of what's going on with money? How can I make more money? It always goes back to healing and it's, and it's the part of you that doesn't feel worthy. It's like our internal worth. It correlates to our external wealth. Mm-hmm. It really does. And you can think of your sense of self-worth as a sphere because I'm often shown it as a sphere or a puzzle again. And just the fact that there are all these pieces that make up your sense of self-worth that are already there. They're already there. So it's not something you have to learn. It's something you have to unlearn. the, The shadow that's covering all of these parts of you that know that they're worthy and have so much to offer. So just start tackling those puzzle pieces one by one and um and you will just blossom what's already there totally so i love what you were saying about yeah healing being so connected to prosperity and worth and everything i have this very like this memory of when I first launched my mentorship program and I was like, how am I possibly going to actually, like, I really want to do this, but I like, am I actually going to be able to do it? And I was like, why am I not getting anybody signing up yet? It had been a couple weeks, a few weeks. And I was like, finally, I had a conversation that just changed it. It was like, I can do this. And literally the next day, somebody, you know, uh, signed up for the mentorship. So it was literally, that's like one of those magical moments, this like kind of quantum field access that happens. It's not like you step by step, like tangible, write it down. It's like the the energy has to change to open up like an allowance for that to come in. So yes, I love moments like that. Yeah. 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 Business. Mm -hmm. Totally. And it's always, yeah, it's always a lesson. You know, I've, because part of my journey has been, it's a lot of it for me has been about my worth and I haven't, I have a business. They use that to teach me a lot. And so I remember last year, the first time it happened, I was, I wanted to hit the 10K month, the infamous 10K month so bad. And I finally did. And I was like going higher and higher. And then it was just crickets. And I was, I was like, no, you know, <laughs> it was the ultimate look at how attached you are to this thing here. Here it is. Now we're going to take it away. Mm. And, um, and, and yeah, it forced me to look at that. 
Amazing. It was hard, but it worked. <laughs> yeah. Are there any other, like on a more, I guess, physical, tangible level, like are there structures that you put in place that have really helped your business, like funnels or like, how do you create leads? Like, is there any like more kind of nitty gritty advice that you might have? I'm just smiling so big because no, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I really, as soon as I learned that energy, like working on my energy was a thing. I kind of just went all in and it was like, okay, forget the structure, forget all of that. But I will say what I do now and what has been working is posting relatively consistently on TikTok. Honestly, I post maybe once or twice a week. I go live maybe two to three times a month at this point. And that's pretty much it. And, um, and people will book sessions with me from there. Totally. And, and yeah, if I'm launching something, then I'll, I really, here's the thing. Here's, here, here's what, here's what the <laughs> answer is. I wait until I feel inspired now. And, and when I feel that spark, I create something, I do something and I just trust that it's all going to work out. Mm-hmm. And that makes perfect sense with what you're saying about energy, because when you do put your camera on and you show up online, that's your energy is speaking and introducing itself like beyond, you know, the physical, it's like people feel you when they tap in, they stop to watch you and connect with you. And like, you really offer value to people and it just like makes us want to go deeper. So I love that advice of just like, when you feel ready, you feel authentically, you know, ready to show up. The energy will speak for itself. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So, uh, Keisha, if people want to work with you, if they want to book a session with you, how can they do that? Yeah. So my link tree is probably the best place to go just because it has all of my different offerings there. So if you head to Instagram or, um, TikTok and look up Keisha, the priestess, you can find my link tree in my bio perfect. Yeah. You have some awesome offerings. So I'm really excited about that. Thank you so much for being here. Is there anything else you want to shout out like that is going on for you right now? Man, no, just thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation, this opportunity to chat with a like-minded soul. So all right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. Of course, everything we chatted about is linked in the description below. And be sure to hit us up on Instagram and let us know what your biggest takeaways from this episode were. And a couple more things on my end. So I've got some new offerings up for you guys. I have a three hour intensive private subconscious deep dive with me. And I also have a one-on-one -on -one seven week mentorship series that's open for applications. So if you're curious about working with me more intimately in those ways, you can book a free clarity call with me so we can get to know each other. And uh, yeah, lots of good stuff. I'm also teaching meditation very often at Unplug, The Den, and Be Meditation. So check out my website, helendenham.com, for all the information on all fronts. You can see my meditation schedules there as well. And then on June 18th, I'm teaching a workshop with The Den Meditation called Falling in Love with Yourself. It's an empowerment workshop. We're doing transformational journaling, EFT, visualization, just packing in all the goods for this workshop. So I can't wait for that to kick off. And I think that is it. Have a gorgeous rest of your week or your day, wherever you are. Thank you again for being here. It means so much to me. I love you. And I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye for now.